Hello, and welcome to the 27th episode of Inside the Brain Of, where I'll interview a movement specialist to get inside their brain and try to understand how they incorporate neurokinetic therapy into their approach to patient or client management. My name is Eric Nelson. I'm a board-certified sports chiropractor and NKT instructor. If you're listening and you're not an NKT provider, hopefully this podcast will give you some insight as to what NKT is and how you can utilize it to help your patients or clients. Make sure you check out the Inside Your Brain Facebook page and feel free to share it with all of your friends and colleagues. Also note that these podcasts are available for free on iTunes as well. So make sure you check them out and catch up on all the episodes. It's hard to believe we're at number 27 here, and I've interviewed some incredible people, and I'm extremely excited for tonight's interview. But first, I'd just like to talk about something that um, seems to have come up a bunch in the past uh, month or so, and that is the topic of scope of practice. And uh, I'll touch on this a little bit with uh, our guest tonight later on, but I just wanted to just uh, talk a little bit, and this is just my personal opinion, not necessarily that of uh, David's or NKT's, but this is something I feel um, strongly about. Uh, When I teach my classes, I'm always talking about scope of practice, and I really think it's important for the individual practitioner to know the laws in their state and what they can and cannot do with their clients or patients. Uh, There is a thin line there, and we need to make sure that if we're not properly licensed, we don't cross that line. That being said, NKT has a lot to offer um, healthcare providers as well as uh, non-healthcare providers. I always talk about, in, especially in my classes and even on the podcast, how I love the implications of NKT uh, from a performance aspect. Uh, I've had patients before where, uh, for example, they couldn't do a kettlebell press and I found one simple connection, like let's say uh, pec minor to lat or something of that similar nature. I made that correction, and then and then within seconds, the person was able to press that kettlebell. So again, there are simple connections that can be found and made by people that are not healthcare providers that can have their patients uh, make the corrections. I've interviewed the great Andrew Riley, who's a trainer in, um, in the Hamptons, and he um, easily is very successful with what he does, and he doesn't touch his clients at all. So there's ways to incorporate NKT. I think, again, the biggest thing is you just really need to be careful when you're starting to deal with someone that has issues of pain. As a healthcare provider, we're trained to identify and rule out any red flags. We're talking things like cancer or fractures or infections, things of that nature. So if you're dealing with pain and you're not considering the possibility of red flags, uh, you need to really get on the ball with that. Uh, I do recommend, just like with the FMS, that you should, if you're not a licensed healthcare provider or someone that is trained, um, a massage therapist or someone that's licensed uh, to work with people with touch that can work with people in pain, that you should connect with people in your area that are. And that's what I have in my community. I have multiple trainers who have taken NKT and that work with their clients. And once they get to a sticking point or something that doesn't make sense, they send them over to me. Once I take care of their issue, I send them right back. It's a wonderful win-win situation. And it just, it's made uh, practicing where I practice uh, very exciting and, 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 and lucrative.
lucrative for everyone involved because we're helping people and and the trainers know their limits when they have an issue they refer out that's the way it should be um, you know I'm not afraid to refer them right back to that trainer either so you know keep that in mind you know it's just because someone comes to you if they have pain maybe they're not the right person for you to you're not the right person for them so so make sure that you are following your scope of practice I know it's a touchy situation and a touchy issue but I, I, I feel strongly about it and I think we really need to make sure that we're doing what we're doing uh, in our scope of practice so you need to check with your your state laws to see what you can and can't do and hopefully you have some sort of malpractice or or liability insurance and that can also tell you what you can and can't do but there are definitely some considerations when dealing with people in pain and you need to be aware of that I'm also aware that a lot of times people go through the the mill they've seen medical doctors pain management specialists chiropractors physical therapists and they've gotten no help they've had serious conditions rule out and they make their way into a massage therapist's office or a train or do a trainer and um, you know so so I do know that there are situations where people um, will be coming to you with with pain and um, I'm not saying you know that's you know you can't treat them or work with them but as long as you know that they've been cleared by the medical community that they don't have a serious life-threatening condition then yeah I say it's fair game and you can do what you're licensed to, to do and again that comes back to, to, to my initial statement is I really feel strongly that it's the individual's responsibility to know what they can and can't do and again every state is different so make sure you know your laws this is a sensitive issue and we as NKT instructors are very aware of this and we make it known in our classes that you need to do the right thing but you know we're not going to hold your hand um, you're responsible for yourself again I highly recommend you connect with like-minded people in your areas and build a network it has been one of the greatest things I've done in practice and as a result I've just built great relationships with some incredible people that are constantly teaching me stuff so it's a it's a win-win situation all around so uh, hopefully um, you agree with what I have to say on the scope of practice but as always I'm I'm always up for any uh, feedback or comments you might have so feel free to send me a message through my Facebook page or um, through um, my uh, email address which is uh, Cairo rehab at hotmail.com uh, as always uh, your feedback is greatly appreciated so without uh, further ado we're gonna dive into uh, the interview for tonight now um, as I always talk about one of the reasons I do this podcast is because there's so many incredible people in this community we have people from so many different backgrounds with some incredible experience and insight. We are truly lucky to have many of these people uh, in our community. And tonight's guest is one jewel in this treasure chest of ours. She's been on the scene for the past two years and is easily recognized for her eagerness to learn and share. In fact, uh, most know her, know her because of the amount of questions she asks, and many also know her because uh, she has been shooting some videos recently uh, for of each of the classes that we are now using for our uh, that the students get access once they take our class. So she's been uh, responsible for uh, for that, which uh, we're greatly appreciative, and the quality has been phenomenal. So we, we we are very thankful to have her in the community for so many reasons. Here, she uh, I know that. 
met, and I've seen her since she's since she's gotten involved with NKT. I know she spends a lot of time uh, preparing and practicing and learning NKT, and I also know she assists a lot. In fact, she traveled from California to New Jersey to, uh, well, not primarily, but she did assist me at my level one class that I taught in December here in New Jersey, and it was an honor having her here, and it was exciting to meet her in person because I've only had to respond to uh, a handful of questions from her online. <laughs> So uh, tonight I'm very excited and I know um, a lot of people are excited to hear uh, the interview. So I'm really excited to get inside the brain of Margie Verba. Hey Margie, how's it going? Great Eric, how are you? I am doing wonderful. Busy day here and um, weather's starting to warm up. Can't really complain too much. Yeah, we haven't had, I'm up in the Sierra and uh, what's supposed to be winter just never happened this year. We're all running around in shorts and t-shirts and there's no water in California. <laughs> it's a pretty oh, bad situation. But... Yeah, you guys can't get a break out there. It's, <laughs> it's fires, it's earthquakes, although you haven't had an earthquake out there in a while, I don't think, have you? Uh, No. No. All right. Good. Well, thank God for that. Right. <laughs> Excellent. Well, again, um, you know, you, 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 I'm very excited to speak with you tonight. Uh, you got some an incredible background. And as always, I'm really interested in hearing, you know, how people got to where they are today. So why don't you give us a little background about you, where you came from and, um, you know, I know you've had some careers before um, <laughs> you became a movement specialist. So why don't you tell us, uh, you know, a little bit about your background here? Yeah, actually, I'm considering this uh, NKT my fourth career. So um, <laughs> I did grow up, you know, I started taking dance lessons when I was five and played a lot of sports growing up. So I do, you know, movement was always in my background. Um, I actually went to college on an athletic scholarship, field hockey of all sports, but um, played uh, ice hockey and road crew when I was in college. And I actually put myself through college working in, now I'm going to totally date myself, but um, back then it was called the figure salon. And um, there was a, an appropriate mascot, which was kind of a Betty Boop cartoon version of like a Barbie doll with the tiny, tiny waist and the huge breasts. And um, I don't even know if they have figure salons anymore. You know, it's the <laughs> kind of place where we were, we're supposed to measure the clients and make an announcement, you know, Jane lost three inches this week. That kind of, anyway, it was a job to put myself through college and um I taught aerobics. I was like when right when aerobics were getting started, we got some training on teaching aerobic dance. So that kind of got me into um, movement, I guess, kind of professionally. But um, I did. I was a math major, and then after college, I actually ended up getting a master's in computer science and worked for 17 years in Silicon Valley and Cambridge. So very different path. And then um, I was looking for, I was always kind of looking for something. I couldn't take dance anymore because my knees um, were already starting to bother me. I was in a motorcycle accident, a really bad one, when I was 16, and I flew off the back of a motorcycle and um, took all the impact on my knees and have had many reconstructive surgeries over the years. And so after college, I couldn't really play sports or do dance anymore, and I was kind of looking for something 
And um, I'm an avid, anybody who knows me from Facebook, I'm an avid outdoors woman, so I love to backpack and hike. And But I was starting to kind of get those injuries in my 30s, and I was looking for something. And uh, walking down the street one day on my lunch break in downtown San Francisco, and it was the early 90s, and Pilates was not a really big thing back then. So for people who know anything about the Pilates world, there was the... Um, this was pre-class action lawsuit, so there was a guy going around suing people who were, if they called what they were doing Pilates, he would sue them. And then eventually there was a class action lawsuit, and he lost, and Pilates became a generic term, and that's why all of a sudden in the late 90s, Pilates was everywhere. But this was the early 90s. Nobody had heard of it. And I was walking down the street, and somebody uh, had a coupon, come have a free Pilates session. I was like, okay, whatever, I'll try that. And I, I had kind of heard of it because I did come from a dance background. So, you know, we were we were somewhat familiar. Basically, it, I don't know about on the West Coast, but at least on the East Coast, if a dancer got injured, it was thou shalt do Pilates. So I'd heard of it. <laughs> And I went and I took the free session and I was like, oh, my God, this is it. I just loved the way it felt. And um, I was fortunate. It wasn't that popular back then. I was able to take uh, classes with all of the equipment with only four people in a class for $12 a class. And I was not the kind of person to spend 60 or $80 on a private for myself. I never would have gotten into it had it been that expensive. So... I started taking the classes and it was right next door to where I worked and I had flex time. So I was going about three to four days a week at lunch. And there was a teacher training program in this studio. And I had this crazy idea that someday in my future, I would move out to the boonies and um, there wouldn't be any Pilates. So I thought, well, you know, I have this background. I've taught dance before and I've taught aerobics and I worked in this figure salon and I could learn how to teach Pilates. So but I was kind of thinking, you know, 10 years down the road, it would be like a retirement career or something. And and I just, in passing, mentioned it to my teacher. And she said, oh, there's a new teacher training program starting in three months. You should apply. And I'm like, I'm not ready. She said, you're ready. And I applied. And I was kind of kind of never looked back. And I'm really glad I did it. And it was a very, uh, for people who know in the Pilates world, it was a strict classical Pilates program. And I'm very glad I have that background. But that's not at all the style that I teach. And um, so for a while, I was part-time software engineer and part-time Pilates instructor. And then decided to really make the shift. And I did another teacher training in Pilates with a woman named Madeline Black, who most people in the Pilates world have heard of. She's now internationally teaching all over the world. And um, she kind of got me thinking more in terms of therapeutic Pilates. And there were a lot of physical therapists in the training with me. And um, I am so glad that I went through her program. And since you mentioned scope of practice, it's interesting. She introduced us to muscle energy technique, which um, for those of you who are not familiar, it's a basic contract, relax, muscle release technique that is kind of an osteopathic version of PNF, uh, although a lot of physical therapists use it as well. And none of us ever questioned, um, should I be touching people? Am I supposed to be doing this? Um, and I've actually heard of quite a few Pilates teacher training programs where people do learn muscle energy technique. Um, and I did it for years without ever thinking about scope of practice. And then 
after my teacher training with Madeline, and by now I'm full-time Pilates instructor, and uh, really focusing on therapeutic Pilates, so really mostly working with people in pain, as opposed to um, what Celia once referred to, and I love this term, so I was doing more therapeutic rather than look good naked Pilates. That was just a fault that I was And... In the meantime, there was a man. There's a man in the San Francisco Bay Area named Jean Claude West, who many people in the Pilates world are familiar with. Um, and everybody kept telling me, "You've got." He had by then. Uh, he was from New York. He sort of made his name in New York, and um, I believe he was Baryshnikov's practitioner back there. And um, he um, very understated kind of not he's he's known but not because he publicizes himself as at all i think a younger generation might not know his name but if you look at bios of really famous pilates teachers like my teacher madeline black and i know that you did polestar pilates so brent anderson you know head of polestar pilates if you look at their bios um i i once saw brent anderson interviewed and he mentioned john claude west was one of his biggest influences and, hmm. and he's also in the bio of my teacher madeline black and he uh, elizabeth larkham who's super famous world famous pilates teacher um she shows up at every jean claude workshop i've ever taken so he's hmm. kind of got this cult following and um everybody's you know you gotta go take his workshops you gotta go take his workshops. so finally um, by now I'm a Pilates instructor and I finally have moved off to the boonies like I'd always been planning. And of course, now I decide now that I've moved away from San Francisco, I decide I'm going to listen to what everybody's been telling me for years and go take his workshops. And, uh, it just changed my life and he, he teaches, um, I actually believe that I was able to learn NKT because of the background that I got from him and he teaches, he's a kinesiologist by training, but what he does, he's just one of those geniuses. And he goes off and studies with, you know, big name physical therapists like Diane Lee and Bookout. And then he kind of comes back and synthesizes all these different things he's learned. And he puts together these workshops where you learn um, assessment like I've never, you know, Whenever you do continuing ed, at least as a Pilates instructor, you're always learning every course I take. We learn, you know, 10 new assessments. I have never learned assessments like I've learned from Jean-Claude. I mean, just he's just got an eye um, that is to die for as far as seeing what what's going on underneath the skin, really what the skeleton is doing. Um, he teaches biomechanics of the joints, and then he taught manual correctives and um, corrective exercises. So... Again, never thought about scope of practice. Nobody had ever mentioned it to me. And I'm going off and I'm doing, you know, joint mobilizations <laughs> now. And I have worked on many, many physical therapists. When you talk about collaborating, I've got quite a collaborative network with um, the physical therapists locally. And um, I eventually actually have done a few teacher trainings in my studio and several of the local physical therapists have taken my teacher training and I've worked on them and, you know, they all tell me I know what I'm doing, even though um, there was definitely a scope of practice issue. So then eventually I studied with Jean-Claude for many, many years and eventually, tragically, he had 
a bad mountain bike accident partially severed his spinal cord. And I actually can't remember Ooh. if it's C4, C5, or C5, C6, but not not good. He's actually doing wonderfully now, considering what he's been through. But he stopped teaching workshops, and all of a sudden, I needed a teacher. Um, and I had kind of at that point decided that I was really going to focus on my manual skills. Again, not thinking about scope of practice. It had just never come up for me. And um, now this story you probably heard from many, many people, but um, I was, you know, I had joined Facebook. I didn't realize what a rabbit hole it was. <laughs> and um, somebody shared a post from Stop Chasing Pain, and I read the post. I was like, wow, that really resonates with me. And I, so I liked Perry's page, and I started following him, not realizing I was going to get four or five, like, mind-blowing posts a day to <laughs> make me stop and think. But um he first mentioned neurokinetic therapy. That was my first exposure to it. And so I did a little research and found out that some of the Pilates instructors that I really respect had taken David's training. Hmm. And I bought the book. And the book, you know, frankly, didn't blow me away. <laughs> I was kind of, ah, but now I understand the book is really a manual and you have to take the training. But um, he was doing a training. So I signed up very skeptically, like, oh, it can't really work as well as everybody says it does. I, in, I kind of tend to be a little bit skeptical, question everything, which actually does serve me well. And I went and I took the training. And, you know, like most people say, um, the only time I picked my jaw up off the floor watching David work was when I laughed at his jokes. So I never really looked back. And, um, and then um, my husband had scheduled surgery. We didn't coordinate very well. So literally, and it was major surgery. And I literally took the training. It ended on a Sunday night, drove home on a Monday. It was about a six or seven hour drive. And 6 a.m. the next morning, took my husband to the hospital for, uh, he got a knee replacement. And everything that could possibly go wrong did and he was in the hospital much longer than he was supposed to be and he had to have multiple procedures and i don't want people to be concerned he's doing fantastic this is years later and he's doing great now but um we had a really rough three months and i became a caretaker so i didn't get to study or put nkt into practice at all um and so when the and so I, I was kind of going to give up, but I would look at the scholars page and I would say one of the things that kept me going, uh, my faith in it was the um, case studies. And let me also say that one of the reasons I was going to give up wasn't because of NKT. It was because of me. I thought, I don't know if I'm smart enough to do this like everybody else just seems to get it and they have these backgrounds and I don't <laughs> So. But one of the things that convinced me to keep going was, in fact, the intelligence level of the people within the community and um, just, you know, what a privilege. And it's also very convincing if all these people believe in it and they're getting great results and these are some really smart people, there must really be something to it. So I decided not to give up and I decided I'm going at my own pace. I'm not going to. I'm not going to get it as quickly as some of these people do, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to get it. I'm just, you know, hell bent and determined. And so um, level one came up again in June and David offers a very generous discount. I believe it's half price off the full price. Don't quote me on that, but it, it, whatever it is, it's a very generous discount. 
Yeah, that's correct. Okay, so I took it again, and that was the best decision I ever made. And the second time, it just clicked for me. So I was able to put it into practice, and but then I still had a confidence issue, and I started going to study groups. And I just want to give a huge shout-out to Celio and actually also Darren Linton. Those guys just really helped me with my confidence. That was probably my biggest issue at that time. And um, I've never looked back. So now, basically, um, I went from owning a Pilates studio. And, of course, everybody starts off, you know, I'm going to have this small, simple, little, groovy Pilates studio that grew into – Despite me, I might say, uh, grew into you know yoga, tai chi, zumba, a Feldenkrais <laughs> practitioner, massage room that I rented out, et cetera, et cetera. And my life was just getting way more complex than I wanted it to be. And like many people, I found myself doing more management than actually seeing clients or teaching classes. And so I knew something had to change. That just wasn't me. And um, David Weinstock really, I have to say, um, changed my life in many ways because not only did I learn NKT from him, but um, I went to see him as a client and I walked in and there he is, this you know famous person who, I'm sure his life is very complex with all the workshops, but his workspace, if you've never seen it, I know you have, Eric, is, he's got a small little room, a shared little waiting room, and a shared bathroom. And I, my, I just went, oh, that's what I want. And... Um, Really inspired by him, I sold my studio to one of my Pilates teachers. It all worked out great. I have a treatment room, so I'm still involved in the studio because I absolutely love the staff. And um, so it it's really worked out great, and he changed my life in so many ways. But that's that's one of them, too, and I'm so much happier. So that was a long-winded answer, but that's... I did bring up scope of practice um, once I realized that NKT was going to be, you know, for a long time now, when people would say, what do you do? Pilates instructor wasn't really an accurate answer. That was a part of what I did, but I didn't really have an answer because Jean-Claude never branded what he did. And I couldn't say, well, I do the Jean-Claude West method. Um, So... I am now actually call myself a neurokinetic therapist. And when you ask, you know, one of the things you're interested in is how do people incorporate NKT into their practice? And for me, it's kind of the other way around. I incorporate all the other things I do into NKT. And for me, NKT is really the framework and the glue that binds, you know. So I still do assessment and I still do movement corrective and I still do muscle energy technique, but it all fits within the neurokinetic therapy framework for me. So awesome. And so as you mentioned, you do a bunch of other things. What are some other techniques or classes that you've done that that you still utilize a lot? Um, well, I took um, fascial fitness from actually from Robert Schleep. What an honor to and if you ever get a chance to take a workshop from him, um, he's an incredible instructor. Um, and that one, that particular workshop was really geared toward movement teachers. So I use a lot of what I learned in that workshop. Um, and then lately, based on David's recommendation, I took Anatomy in Motion with Gary Ward, and I just recently actually took Level Three. And I use, I would say, the biggest aspects of my practice now are a combination of neurokinetic therapy and Anatomy in Motion and I'm 
almost everybody I see, I wouldn't say everybody, but almost everybody gets the poor man foot scan. So for those of you who haven't taken AIM, it's a technique that Gary came up with. It's called the poor man foot scan because we don't have to go out and buy a $10,000 pressure plate. What are they called exactly? Foot pressure plate? I'm not sure that allows people to analyze where people are weight-bearing on their feet. So this is a technique that he's come up with where with just paper and pen and a protractor, we can uh, really do a lot of good analysis. So I pretty much do gait analysis and um, poor men's foot skin on almost everybody I see. And um, then what other techniques? I did take restorative breathing. I do use that on occasion, especially if somebody comes in and based on their intake, they're clearly limbic, um, you know, where you say, well, when did your back start hurting? And they, the answer is, you know, I was had a really stressful job and I was going through a divorce. I'm like, okay, maybe there's something else going on here. Although, you know, I do have a large battery of practitioners that I refer out to. I don't really want to work with people on psychological problems. I, I have very good therapists that I refer out to, but um, let's see what other, so uh, primarily these days, NKT and AIM. And I did go to, um, again, scope of practice. I finally figured out, well, maybe if I'm going to be NKT is going to be my primary thing. Maybe I should make it legal to touch people. So I went to massage <laughs> school, and I'm never going to give a massage in my life, but I really did it for the piece of paper. And um, I can't say that I really enjoyed massage school, but I sleep better at night now because I know. So I'm I'm actually really glad that I within my scope of practice, I have both corrective exercise and um, that it's legal for me to touch people. Nice. And so are you still incorporating the Pilates rehab with your uh, Pilates type of rehab with your clients? I absolutely do. And I use the equipment a lot. Um, so yes, definitely. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Cause my wife is, um, she's a chiropractor and she specializes in Pilates rehab, as you know, and yeah, she's focusing more on the Pilates rehab stuff and we're trying to slowly work her back into the manual therapy side as well too. And she's uh, taken um, NKT level two as well. So uh, yeah, I guess uh, you would be a good person to uh, talk to about how you incorporate it. That'd oh be yeah. Nice, yeah. Nice I love. And, um, I actually do work with, uh, Several, as I mentioned, several of the local physical therapists have did my Pilates teacher training, and they ended up buying Pilates equipment at the physical therapy center locally. And so there's a lot of referrals back and forth where, you know, post rehab, they send people to me. I don't really want to see someone, you know, the week after surgery. So they send people to me post rehab. And then sometimes I send them back like, you know what? I think you need to go back to physical therapy. And then we have a really friendly relationship. But yeah, I've done a bunch of trainings when they bought the Pilates equipment on, um, you know, I kind of have a program for the knee and the foot and the hip and the shoulder and all of them are full body, but they might have a focus on a certain region of the body. Um, Definitely. One other thing that I didn't mention in my background. So one other thing that I've started doing in the past, let's see, I've been doing this maybe for about five years now. Um, I would say, you know, whether it's NKT or, therapeutic Pilates or AIM or whatever I'm doing, there is definitely a common theme in my practice. And that is I really want to teach 
self-care. And um, I even have on my website, you know, the saying, if you give a person a fish, they eat fish for a day, and you teach them how to fish, they eat fish for the rest of their lives. And I tell my clients, I want to teach you how to fish. And I don't really want a dependency relationship. My goal is for them to never come back and see me or possibly come back and see me once in a while for a chance. But, <laughs> but really, you know, it's, it's, I don't want a dependency relationship. And I started teaching um, a series of self-care workshops, which I was going to title something like, hmm. you know, the nerd geek in me was going to title something like uh, foot, ankle, uh, optimal biomechanics colon restoration maintenance <laughs> and my friends are like no healthy feet so I have a series happy healthy feet happy healthy knees happy healthy hips etc and um, I travel with those workshops my husband's mm. retired so we use them to go places we want to go anyway and right off the trip and it's those that's been working great for me so awesome awesome good stuff yeah yeah, that's, I mean, definitely the way healthcare or, or manual therapy is definitely going is you've got to teach people to be able to take care of themselves. They, they've got to do that. I mean, they can't just come to you. They can't depend on you. Yeah. That's just not the way. So, um, cool. Um, well, you know, again, one of the, the biggest things that you're known for is publicly, you know, go, talking about your struggles and learning. And, um, you know, why don't you share with us some – people are always struggling with this technique for some reason to learn and are intimidated and, and, and don't utilize it because they're scared to. So why don't you tell us or share with us some, some techniques or some tips or some things that you did or still do to, to learn, um, you know, especially as related to NKT. Absolutely. And actually, let me, let me just introduce this little topic with uh, how this interview came about, by the way. So, I'm a huge fan of Eric's podcast. I think I've listened to every single one, and he often solicits, you know, who would you like me to interview? And I've, I assist a lot, so I meet all kinds of really interesting people. And I'm like, oh, Eric should interview this guy. So I sent him a suggestion maybe four or five months ago, and he 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 messaged me back. Oh, he's on my list. And then almost immediately, he sent me a message saying, and so are you, and you're ahead of him. And I sent him back a message, and I went, uh-oh. He sent me back a message that just said, you mean yes. And so I said, well, you know, within the NKT, of course, but within the NKT community, I feel kind of stupid. And he messaged me back, well, but your story is so inspiring. So I think of this as the interview, if Margie can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> Uh, it's it's funny because I feel the same way about myself. So <laughs> if anybody can, if if I can do it, anybody yeah. can do it. So so you know, I've taken workshops with. I'll, I I don't want to name names because there's so many really smart people. But I'll, I'm going to pick one, and that doesn't mean that other people I've been in workshops with aren't just as smart. But um, I think of, for example, Noah Drucker. I've been in several different mm -hmm. workshops with him, and in, including, you know, we took one of Perry's workshops together, and he just goes home and right away starts posting case studies and just gets them. I'm like, <laughs> oh, how did he do that? I mean, it's going to take me months to incorporate or just assimilate the information from this workshop. So, um, uh, but I do, you know, I just... I'm determined. And so I'm always studying and I, I, it didn't come easily to me at all, but when I actually did put it into practice, the results I got were just jaw dropping. So that also encouraged me to keep going. So, 
Um, as most of the people out there know, there are study groups, and my closest study group was um, four hours away. And I have to go over to gnarly mountain passes. We really haven't had winter, but in years where we do actually get snow, you know, that makes it all that much more challenging. And I just really decided that I wanted to learn how to be an NKT practitioner. I, like I said, I almost gave up, and then I just dug my heels in, and I found the determination because of the results other people were getting. And um, I went to that study group just pretty religiously, and I have to say, I mean, I'd have to take a day off from work, and I'd stay in a hotel overnight sometimes, but... I have to say that that study group really made all the difference in the world to be able to practice in a very safe environment where you are, you're allowed to screw up and then there's somebody there and I was really lucky to have Celio as my closest practitioner because man, that guy is smart and he could answer all my questions and he's just so nice and he never intimidated me. I mean, I get intimidated pretty easily. He's just not that kind of person. And um, so I was very lucky. And then um, I have assisted as many times as I possibly can. And again, I go way out of my way. That's, you know, 12 hours round trip and I hmm. stay in a motel. And But boy, the... I have just learned so much, not just from David. I've almost completely assisted David except one time Eric, and I loved assist. It was great to see a different teacher. But I don't just learn from David. I mean, of course I learn from David, but I also learn from the other the students in the class. And so that's just been a great experience. And then when it came time to study for level two, I, I had a goal that there was a level two coming up and I wanted to assist. So I kind of gave myself a deadline of when to test out, and I um, luckily assistant teaching uh, level one met a lovely woman who is my closest practitioner. So she's only an hour and 45 minutes away, which is she is my closest, um, and we were in the exact same position and um, where she wanted to assist but also needed to test out. So we started getting together um, pretty religiously one day a week for maybe four or five hours. And we actually worked, tag team worked on clients where we didn't charge the clients and we could sit and scratch our heads and, you know, say, well, let's try this and, and sort of discuss in real time our thought process. And that was just amazing. And she and I are now in the same position where we've both taken level three and need to test out. So we're starting to get together again. Um, and I just highly recommend a study buddy and a study group. And of course, watching the videos, I just, I can't even tell you how many times I watch them. And then, oh, yeah. So as you mentioned, um, I am also, maybe it's my age. I don't know what it is. I really don't care <laughs> if I look foolish. So I'm, you know, going to be 58 this year and I'm just too old to care, I guess. So I ask the stupid questions. Like I'll give you an example. Like everybody will use the terminology. Well, I found the glute max to the pec minor or something. And I'm like, well, do they mean the glute max was facilitated or inhibited? Which is what direction does that go when they say everybody uses that terminology? So I asked the question and I'm glad I did because it turns out that there really wasn't consistency. And some people used it to mean the glute max was inhibited to the pec minor and some people used it to mean the glute max was facilitated. So 
I ask a lot of questions and I, I don't care how foolish I look and and I, I literally have run into people that I'll meet that I only knew through Facebook and I'll run into them at a study group or some other workshop and they'll say, oh, you're Margie. You're the one who asks all the questions that I have. I love your questions. So I'm like, great. I'm glad I asked those stupid questions. Uh, they're not stupid. They're they're great questions. They're questions that people, you know, like you said, they take for granted. And, you know, I wonder a lot of those things myself. So you ask and I'm like, shit, I wish I would have <laughs> asked that question earlier, too. It's great. No, well, that's what, you know, that's the great thing about this community is the cool thing nowadays, too, is, you know, even in the past, you know, year, you ask a question and within 30 seconds, you got an answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> But it, it has been amazing seeing you seeing you grow, you know, as someone who's learning to someone who now offers advice and stuff. I mean, that that's that's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's it. I mean, it, I feel the same way. I'm like, wow, I actually know the answer to this. <laughs> I think help them. So yeah, it feels good to be able to give back. And you know, as I mentioned earlier, the intelligence level within this community is just blows my mind so you know my practice is way out in the boonies and I don't really have colleagues I mean I do I have these wonderful physical therapists but I don't really have people that I can brainstorm with or ask questions you know bless the physical the local physical therapist but I have to say it there's no comparison with the physical therapist within the NKT community as far as me being able to ask you know the really gnarly questions and I was already kind of headed in this direction pre-NKT, but NKT pushed me over the edge. I am absolutely locally the person. You know, I get the ones that come in. I've been to the orthopedic surgeon, and I've been to the chiropractor, and I've been to the physical therapist, and I've had massage, and I've done this, and everybody says to come see you. And that is really, um, you know, because of NKT, I'm like, thanks a lot, David. What a, <laughs> really narrowly cases. <laughs> it's so reassuring that I, you know, I have this community that I can go and go, oh, I have this client that came in with XYZ and I have never seen it before. And what do you think? And I get answers that really help. And, you know, occasionally I do, when I have to refer out at this point, it, it often means sending somebody, you know, five or six hours away because they have seen everybody locally when they come to me. So, oh, and then recently yeah. also, um, because I am, you know, have been having such great results with NKT, I got the three Pilates instructors from the studio that I used to own, that I now work out of, all just took level one, uh, mm. the last one in San Francisco. So I'm absolutely thrilled. I have people to mentor now. And, and um, mm. got your own study group yeah. there. <laughs> awesome. I know. That's, that's awesome. That's the way to do it. I know. That's the way to do it. That's what, you know, that's a, a big thing I see is I'm teaching around uh, the country now in all different locations is I see some places are more successful than others. And the ones that are successful are the ones that have really strong study groups. Absolutely. Uh, they're more involved. They're learning more. I mean, it's just a win-win situation. So I, I love that you're doing that. And I would hope that other people around the country would do the same thing. Because it's 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 very important for all of us to learn is to get together and practice, like you said, in a safe environment. I mean, it's amazing. It really that's you know, so many times and and I've we 
<laughs> we recently sent out at the end of the year um, surveys about different workshop about the different workshops to see if we can get any feedback. And you know, some people were complaining, "Oh, I can't believe I have to go to a study group and blah blah blah." And I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> I know someone who drove four hours to get to a study group because it's so valuable and it changed her practice in her life. So. Yeah, you know, it, 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 it's amazing uh, that people like you, and I know there's other people that do the same thing, you know, uh, fly to study yeah. groups to, to get there. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. And, you know, and it, it's tough because, you know, it's, you know, it costs money, it's time, it's that. But as I say, and as Perry talks about, it's, you know, obviously people like you are very passionate about learning. And that's the most important thing so that you can learn so you can turn around and help your clients. And, 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 and that to me just blows me away. And anybody that it does that, I have the utmost respect for. So I'm, I'm thrilled that you came on the, on the show tonight uh, to, to speak because uh, it's just an honor just to talk to you. And it, that you assisted me was, was wonderful. I, that really was oh, amazing. Was, I loved it. It was so fun to see you in action and fantastic pictures. <laughs> Definitely was... uh, make David proud. So. Oh, well, thank you. It was a great class. I had a great time doing it. So well, let's talk about some cases that you have, because as you said, you, you, you tend to now get the, the crazy ones. So um, why don't you share some cases with us? Um, well, actually, I'm going to share for the people just getting started. I, I've actually shared this one on Facebook, but I'm going to share it again, my first actual paying client. So this is not a crazy one. This is a really kind of diving in and then I'll, I'll share a crazy one after that. But, um, I, I do want to talk about this. So my first pain client, um, this woman calls me up, she's got pain on her thigh. She wants, she's got a backpacking trip coming up and she's been to the chiropractor and this and that and everyone around and nothing's helping. And I'm thinking, I'm not really ready to charge people money for this, but I said, sure, I have an opening tomorrow or whatever, next week. I don't even remember. So she, I, I just want to share this story because it, it's really, you know, all I did was follow the protocol and just got such amazing results. And um, so she comes in and she points to her upper inner thigh at somewhere in the adductor region. And I don't even know specific, I can't even remember specifically which adductor at this point. And she tells me that one of the things that's been different in her life is she's been doing a lot of gardening lately. So I say, okay, show me the position. And I'm in my mind, I'm going, oh, shit, I don't know if I can do this. What am I doing? <laughs> really, no confidence. But on the outside, I'm appearing confident. So she goes down into a little squat to show me the position that she's been gardening in. And I, I um, really, even with no movement assessment background, it was not subtle at all. She completely, the pain was in her right adductor area. She completely shifted her weight onto her left leg. So, absolutely not subtle. So anybody could have picked up on that. And all I did was ask her to show me the position that she'd been spending a lot of time in. So now I'm thinking, okay, she doesn't want to squat on her right leg. What muscle is the main squat muscle? Glute max. So I literally tested her adductor against the glute max. I just followed the protocol. Her adductor, uh, her glute max failed. I TL'd the adductor. Her glute max turned back on. It was really that simple. And she and I both gasped, like, oh, my God, <laughs> this stuff really works. 
you know, just went through the protocol, released the adductor, turned on the glute max, gave her her homework. Three weeks later, she went backpacking. I ran into her. Hey, how was your trip? Oh, it was great. I said, how'd your leg feel? How was the pain? She goes, what pain? Like she's forgotten. <laughs> so I just kind of want to put that out there. All I did was follow the protocol and use a little bit of reasoning, not rocket science reasoning, like simple reasoning. So as far as complex, oh, I'm thinking about a woman, let's see, who was here tonight. So that's an easy one. She was just here. So she came in with the laundry list, and she's also been to everyone. And um, she did have some disc issues years ago where she ended up with drop foot, and um, her gait was really different. And somebody had told her her was turf toe her it was one of those intakes you know she's got um hemifacial spasms and some weird thing with her eye that i'd uh, drusen um that i had never heard of um so just kind of a laundry list of things and the main thing that she wanted she wants to go on a motorcycle trip this summer and she can't swing her leg up over the motorcycle so um I used a combination of AIM and NKT on her, and um, her NKT findings was pretty simple, actually. I mean, I had to poke around quite a bit, but it turned out to be um, really her, uh, it was all on her left leg. Her TFL was inhibited to her glute max, and hmm. I, I, I actually... We had that finding last time I saw her, which was two weeks ago, and honestly don't remember what led me there. Um, I, I actually don't remember what led me there, but all I know is that was the finding. It was really clear. She did her homework for two weeks and came in, and I also did give her some AIM homework, um, having to do, so for those of you who have taken AIM, um, we did... Uh, suspension on that left leg because she had absolutely um, no motion in her talus. We just wanted to restore. It was very stuck. So we just wanted to restore some motion in her talus. And she came in tonight reporting that her legs felt lighter. Her, her gait had evened out. So she didn't have like she could tell before the drop foot because she would hear the difference when one foot hit the floor. And um, she had also come in the first time telling me that she had turf toe. And so I had her, you know, lift her toes just to see what her range of motion was. She did not have turf toe. She had actually, because I thought, well, we, we whatever mobility she has, we need to maintain. She had perfect mobility in her big toe. And she just has a lot of fear. So she was going to go buy really rigid shoes with a metal some kind of metal plate so that her big toe so that she would have zero motion at her mp joint mm -hmm. and after seeing me and you know this makes me a little nervous but after seeing me um shifted directions but then came back in today so this is two weeks later from her first appointment reporting that her gait had evened out that it sounds the same when she walks she no longer has the flop of the drop foot that um she's wearing well, I didn't tell her not to wear flip-flops. When she came in in flip-flops, she was thrilled because she hasn't been able to wear them for years. Um, so we had a little conversation about that. But she <laughs> mentioned that she had all this fear of, like, bending the toe and, and, you know, that she's allowing herself to do it and it doesn't hurt at all. 
and everything else is all the way up the chain. Imagine that when you actually reintroduce motion into the foot, everything up the chain on that side is feeling much better. So um, I'm going to, next time I see her, use some of the level three stuff that I've learned to maybe start investigating the hemifacial, facial, hemifacial spasms and see if we can get where with some of the facial muscles. Um, but, you know, one step at a time when they come in with a laundry list, there's only so much you can do. So in one session. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the truth. It's always amazing how many people come with like 25 different complaints, yep. which again tells me that it's usually a core issue. And, and nine times out of 10 in my practice, it's usually their diaphragm because yep. they have faulty breathing patterns. Yep. So it's kind of amazing. So, yes, the uh, the breathing really comes in handy with with those clients for sure. Yeah. Uh, pretty pretty amazing but yeah that anatomy and motion stuff is just it, it, I, I, every day goes by since I've taken the class I use it more and more it's it's amazing I mean every pretty much every single dysfunction I find on people you can relate it to a gait issue yeah it, it blows my mind away and I've just I've seen some amazing things and I'm I'm enjoying it I wish I had more time to learn learn more of it for sure because yeah. those guys teach a great class it's just it's a great class to take even just personally. I mean, I felt so great after that weekend. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Cool. Um, all right. Well, we talked about some cases and you gave us some hints on, um, you know, some tips on, 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 on learning NKT on some things you did, which asking questions is, is, is key. Um, any, cl- any other non NKT classes you're going to be taking in the near future? Oh, you have to ask. <laughs> Um, so speaking of questions um yeah well of course i'm considering pdtr how could i not be at this point given um that so many of the people that i really admire within the nkt community including you um have just you know i think i've asked everybody i know like well really do i have to take it (laughs) (laughs) and no one has said no yet they've all just raved about it so um i have time to make a decision i certainly want to go see thomas or some local practitioner and have some experience it as a client or patient Uh, definitely before I make that, it's a huge decision. Um, what else is on? Oh, there's always things on my radar. I'm um, intrigued also by um, Andrea. I'm not sure. I might butcher his name, but Andrea Spina, of course. Oh, and then I absolutely. Um, so the other thing that I've become locally is we have uh, the women who do CrossFit here. CrossFit's really big. And we have the women who pee in CrossFit. And so I'm getting a lot of those clients. And um, with the NKT have just made incredible, um, you know, I'm getting a reputation because of the NKT protocol for the pelvic floor. But I also would like to do some mentoring with um, Julie Wiebe, who is a pelvic floor specialist. People know her for, uh, if you look up the, I don't know with the piston. I don't. So it's kind of how the diaph- the respiratory diaphragm and the pelvic floor work together. And she's got some YouTube videos that you can kind of get an idea of her work. But she does mentoring, and um, I'm getting enough hmm. pelvic floor cases that um, you know that I'd like to get 
gain some more expertise or knowledge in that area. Um, I always have people I want to go study with. I actually want to move to England for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. Gary Ward around. I, I know I can't, yeah. but he's too busy. But I'd like, you know, all of those guys that they brought over were so good. So I'd, I'd like some aim immersion, really. I just mm. learned so much yeah. watching those guys work on people. It's amazing. So, um, have you uh, have you taken any DNS classes? I haven't. So I mean, I've only read papers. I haven't. yeah, yeah. That's, I probably should, I, yeah. Yeah, I recommend. I, I've taken the DNS exercise class, okay. and um, it it was phenomenal. Okay. Uh, the the whole concept of intra abdominal pressure is just phenomenal. And in fact, my wife has has converted in our Pilates studio of of teaching. Uh, the, the breathing um, combination of the restorative breathing with the DNS stabilization principles, and it's it, it's mind blowing. It, it's really amazing stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's on my list somewhere. Original strength is. I mean, you know, I'm one oh. of those people. I'm interested in everything. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just took the original. Yeah. I just took original strength uh, two weekends ago. How was it? Yeah, it was enjoyable. I, I liked it. I, I got a lot out of it personally. I think I, I think it's definitely really geared a lot towards uh, trainers yeah. a lot. Um, I, I think um, you know everybody will get something out of it. So I do recommend that class as well too. Yeah, I, I think um, you know. So my big decision is PDTR, and like I said, I have time. But of course, mm -hmm. you know, with the recommendation, I'm sort of leaning toward it. But I also, um, I almost feel like I went back to school last year because I, you know, I had that leeway because <laughs> I sold the studio. So between NKT and AIM, I, I kind of also have this feeling that I just want to spend a year assimilating and really. It's almost like I have to recreate my intake session. Yeah. And so I, I I don't mind if I don't run off and take right. other workshops. I also I took uh, active release technique uh, ART lower extremity. I don't think I'm gonna follow through with that training, although it was absolutely excellent. But um, I just don't think that's on my radar, you know, for many reasons. But. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you know, I'm I'm all about the immersion for a period of time. I, I for the past year or so, I've been teaching level one and a level two here and there as well. But I just dove into the level one material for the past two years, and yeah, it's amazing. It's really fine tuned my NKT um, knowledge from all levels. It's it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do I do think that, that that is a good plan to kind of dive in there and especially you just recently took level three is that correct yes. recently yeah, yeah, yeah. so so di so digesting that material takes a little while for sure yeah, for yeah. sure it gives you a whole different perspective yeah and I'm getting um, such but, good results that I kind of feel like you know what it's this is not the year to run off and take a yeah. million different workshops and also in my case you know i live i really do live in the middle of nowhere and i i happen to like my husband quite a lot so you know every time i run off somewhere um it's time away from him and time away from home and i just so i i kind of want to spend more time locally and really honing my practice and i feel like with aim and nkt up through aim level three and nkt level three i've got a lot of big tool belt right now so you know i i'm not sure i'm going to run off and take a lot of workshops this year plus i did massage school last year so i really was gone i mean none of that 
was uh, I was able to do locally. So everything I studied mm. meant leaving home for a while. So. Well, excellent. Well, you know, um, you definitely shared with us a lot tonight, a lot about your background, which is, is phenomenal, um, your progression, how you've gotten to where you are, and um, given us some great advice. I think that all of our providers or practitioners are going to very much enjoy this podcast. Uh, I greatly appreciate you um, spending your evening uh, with me. I know it's late here. It must be a little late in California. It's not even we... 9 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, I well, I'm a long really day honored today. that you asked me, and I was so nervous. I'm like, why? Well, but um, I'm a huge fan of your podcast, and it's fun to talk to you. And um, so, thank you. Excellent. Well, you have anything uh, you're promoting or anything that you'd like to share with us? Um, not really. Like. Anything anything locally? I know you're teaching workshops. Do you have like a series coming up or anything like that? Uh, nope. It's pretty quiet right now. So, quiet right uh, now. Just cool. uh, working on mentoring my girls, and that's um, – nice. Yeah, that's, that's – uh, and I'm going to go take AIM 2 again. And, uh, we, you know, so um, – because mm. Gary lets us – he's just really wonderful. So, um, nice. yeah. So awesome. no, cool. I'm, I'm enjoying awesome. being quiet at home. Um, uh, I'll set up some workshops, you know, this summer, but right now it's, uh, it's nice to be home. <laughs> Excellent. Are you, uh, are you going to be going to the symposium in September? I am. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Sure. Well then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll spend some time together. <laughs> I better start playing it. Jeez. <laughs> I haven't, been... you know what the greatest thing in life right now is my 10 year old daughter and my seven year old daughter. I drive them. I pick them up Tuesday nights from gymnastics and it's about a 25, 30 minute ride. Mm -hmm. As soon as they settle in, in the car and the ride home, the first thing they say is daddy, can you play David Grisman for oh, us? Oh, I love your kids. <laughs> oh my God. They're wonderful. I, it's like I had tears in my eyes every Tuesday night. They want to hear David Grisman. It's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> so maybe I will. Maybe I'll learn some songs and we can uh, play a little bit. Uh, that might be a good goal for me. All right. Oh, okay. I'm up for it. I'll, we'll have to talk about some songs. I'll, I'll, yeah, because I could travel with that thing. It's not that big. All right. Okay, well, there you go. You got me motivated. I'm going to pick it up and start playing. I don't know when, but, yeah, I'll learn a couple songs. All right, cool. Awesome. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, we're going to wind down here. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Um, let's see. Um, a couple things on my schedule. Uh, I'll be teaching next weekend in uh, Denver with the great Noah Drucker, as you, as uh, as Margie had mentioned, and Jamie Francis will be there as well too. Excited to see them and hang out with them, see what they're up to. Jamie's about to move out to Denver and uh, start up a practice with Noah, who's doing uh, very well out there. I'll be headed to uh, Charlotte. Uh, next month, uh, we just confirmed that the class is definitely full speed ahead. So we got enough people signed up for that. The weekend after that in April, I'll be in Washington, D.C. May, I'm uh, Washington, D.C. with my good friend Carson. In May, I'm headed uh, to Arizona back to hang out with uh, Sky down there. She's an absolute sweetheart. In June, we'll be teaching a level one for the first time in South Jersey, uh, right down the street from me. In fact, yesterday I had some Korean barbecue um, with the host, uh, Nick, which is uh, one of my favorite things to, 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 to eat. Uh, 
although Andy Tunsell won't um, won't let me uh, live down our Detroit story of uh, the Korean barbecue. Uh, I'll be back in Atlanta in June as well, too, for a level one and Michigan in August. In level two, I'll be in New Jersey in August teaching. And the big one for me this year is I'm headed to Amsterdam in October to teach. Very excited about that. I'm excited to meet a lot of uh, my our overseas NKT family there. I know Robert Cavanaugh will be there, and I met him uh, a few times now, so looking forward to spending some time with him and uh, some of uh, the other uh, people out there. Uh, also in November, I'll be teaching a level one in the Philadelphia area. And as I mentioned before, our first ever symposium is in San Diego in September. Uh, the link to sign up is live now, so make sure you go and register for that as soon as possible. Again, I greatly appreciate you joining us here on episode 27. As always, your feedback is appreciated. Uh, feel free to send me a message uh, through Facebook. Check out the Inside Your Brain Facebook page. Share it with all your friends. Uh, if you're an Apple person, you can catch all the episodes on iTunes. Uh, again, thank you so much for joining us, and I look forward to speaking to you again next time. Have a good night.